You're listening to the Forefront Church Sermon Podcast. Forefront Church is a progressive Christian community more interested in asking good questions than having all the right answers. Thanks for listening. Natasha Obasi. My pronouns are she, her, hers. Um, last week, I think it was last week when we had the town hall, I introduced myself as a bookkeeper of Forefront. As you can see, it was a rocky road to get here because my wife just said that. Um, I'm also a member of the greeting team um, and I also run a small group. So shout out to my 35 and over small group of people. Um, yeah, so I, I guess I do bring my whole self to church because I participate a lot. Um, last but not least, I'm also a recent alumni of the Preaching Boot Camp, hence why I'm up here today. Um, this is the first time I've ever had to give a sermon. Uh, this is the first time I've stood on the stage for longer than two minutes. Usually I'm on here and off. Um, so bear with me as we go through this journey together, and hopefully the people in the room and the people online who are, who are um, watching will get something out of this. And I'm going to need you guys' help to get me through this because, you know, this is the first time being up here. This is the third week of Lent, and I'm going to be talking about the parable of the fig tree. So, a little bit about me if you've never met me or talked to me before. I'm a little bit of a hothead. Just a little. Especially when I'm talking about or defending people who have been oppressed. I'm a member, a proud member, of seven marginalized groups. You can try and figure out which one those are. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. Um, and so I, I do protest a lot, have protested a lot. I like to get in people's face. I'm not a kumbaya, let's all hold hands type of person. And most of the time, if you've ever heard me do anything outside, you know I will get on a soapbox real quick. Saying that, saying that I'm outspoken, and opinionated is an understatement. Again, for those of you poor souls who ever had to deal with me getting mad about something, you know what I'm talking about. There have been a lot of times, usually in the middle of a rant, where I would stand, I would say something like, you know, I wanted to be a judge when I left high school, like when I went to college. And that other person who was caught in the middle of this tirade that I have going on now would respond, I could see that. <laughs> I am in your face. Come closer so I can shove my beliefs and my perspectives and my opinions so far down your throat before you even know what happened, kind of hothead. The kind that doesn't just unfollow you on YouTube, but also on Instagram and Facebook after posting exactly why you're getting this type of treatment from me. The kind that would throw their mom out of the house for challenging their expression of speech. That's a true story, but that's for another day. I'm gonna say, I'm not, I'm gonna say that I am not a force to be reckoned with. And I hold grudges. I was canceling people before they came up with a name for it. 
So the first time I went to North Carolina to visit my father, that's where I'm from, or where I moved here from, after the pandemic and saw a Trump flag hanging on the outside of my neighbor's house, of his neighbor's house. <laughs> I was incensed. I had plenty of words for him and for my dad. Now, mind you, this particular neighbor had lived in this house as long as my parents, 30 years, lived in this house. I don't remember anybody else living there. I knew he was military. I knew he had family. But uh, and on occasion, I talked to him when he was at the house visiting when I came home. Or when I was out in the yard, I'm getting in my car, he's mowing the lawn, we have words. But I didn't think anything of him. I didn't think bad or good until I saw that flag. After that, I tried not to talk to him. When, the, when he came over to talk to my dad, I would say hello. You know, I'm from the South, you gotta be polite, you know. <laughs> but then I would leave, leave the room. Or I would make myself scarce when I got there and I saw that he was in the house visiting. Whenever my dad told me about their conversations or interactions, especially when they were political, I used it as an opportunity to express my displeasure about their interactions. When my dad told me they weren't speaking after a falling out, I encouraged him to abandon that relationship. I didn't want to have anything to do with this person and I didn't want my dad to either. After that very first, that incident, every time I went to my parents' house, I made sure I had on some sort of liberal paraphernalia. <laughs> I have Black Lives Matter masks. I have rainbow rings and pendants and everything. Almost daring him to comment if he saw me. I'm an angry progressive. And I participate in cancel culture. At least I used to. Now, there's a reason for this story, and this is the reason why we asked the meet and greet question about being canceled today. How does this relate to the text? So, let's take a look. It actually starts before the fig, fig tree parable, but they're related. And the title of this, this group of verses is called Repent or Perish. I'll be reading from the book of Luke, chapter 13, verses 1 through 5. I'm going to mispronounce the name because I didn't write down how to say it correctly. <laughs> give, me, give me grace. Yeah, there you go. Now there were some present at the time who told Jesus about the Galeans, whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifice. Jesus answered, Do you think that these Galeans were worse sinners than all the other Galeans because they suffered this way? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Or those 18 who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them? Do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. All right, y'all. Let's real talk here. Anytime anything says repent or perish, I got problems, okay? I'm already triggered. I saw the, the heading of it, and I was like, I'm not putting that in. I'm going to leave that out because I'm, I'm not that person. I'm getting a lot of fire and brimstone, you know, Southern Baptist church kind of feelings going on here. Before I cancel this title, let's take a deeper, lot, deeper dive. And first I have to translate everything into Tasha speak because that's the only way I can understand things. So this is what I heard. There were a group of people around Jesus 
discussing tragic events, you know, like we do. They're trying to make sense of how these events went down by gossiping about how bad or evil the people who died were. Jesus overhears them and says, so what you're saying is, you think the people who died were the worst people in the land and that God imposed judgment on them because of that. No, they weren't. And furthermore, there's no cause or effect between, between death, suffering, and badness. Okay, that makes sense to me. I can get with that. But then he says, repent or perish. My understanding of repent is to express extreme regret or remorse about one's actions. And perish means to die. So after saying people don't die from being, from being bad, he says you need to repent from being bad or die. What? So then I went and looked up the Greek, the Greek definition of repent, because that's the language that's spoken at this time. Repent means to have a transformative change of heart. And perish could mean spiritual death, not literal death, or to be lost. So then, to rephrase and Tasha speak, you will be lost unless you have a transformative change of heart. Jesus continues by telling the, this parable in Luke 13, verses 6 through 9. Then he told this parable, a man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for, fit, for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. All right, so I love how Jesus talks in riddles. So Y'all just love that, right? I'd much rather, I'm a straight shooter, so like this stuff right here, I'm just like, just say what you got to say. I don't know. I feel like this parable fits into the Bible Say What series, because I'm like, mm, okay. So I went, of course, you know, you go to the Google. Um, there, are many there are many interpretations of this peril out there. The peril, as written above, has a man as both the owner of the tree and the care a man as, as both the owner of the tree and a man as the caretaker of the vineyard, as if both were the same man or both men being God. Another translation has a vineyard owner, a gardener, and a tree. The owner of the fig tree is God. The fig tree itself is humanity or mankind. The gardener is Jesus. So like God is saying, smite them because they don't, they're not bearing any fruit. They're not like believing in me. I ain't got time for that. And Jesus is saying, let's try to nourish them a little and give them another year. This goes in line with the idea of there being a vengeful God and a forgiving God. Consider this, though. What if humanity or mankind is both the owner and the fig tree, and God is the gardener? Maybe we are the fig tree, not bearing fruit, while other people are the owner, judging us 
and saying, we don't deserve to be here. Maybe we're the owners, judging others' fruitlessness and deciding to cut down the tree. God is always the gardener saying, maybe you should repent or change your perspective. Maybe you should let go of the notion of cutting down the tree that is fruitless. Maybe we should nurture the tree a little more. So back to my dad's neighbor. The last time I was in North Carolina was for my father's funeral. The last day that I was there before I returned to New York, my siblings and I were at my parents' house cleaning and taking the plants out and, you know, taking out stuff that, throwing stuff in the garbage, you know, the things you do when you're getting ready to lock a house up for a period of time. My dad's neighbor sees us and comes over. He has on a Troops for Trump hat and T-shirt. I'm, you know, I'm already emotionally sore from burying my father. And my first instinct is to cut him down. Tell him to get off the property. That we don't want him there. I see a fruitless tree. I could have handled it that way. I'm not going to lie. I bristled. It almost came out. In that moment, the gardener spoke to me. Let's give it another year. He started talking about how he used to go pick up fish from a particular store from my dad. How much my dad loved that fish. He talked about how my dad had asked him to go get the fish for him. And he had told my dad that he was too busy and that he would go and get it the next week. He then said that was the last time he saw my dad alive. He said to me, you know, maybe he already knew that it was coming or felt like it was coming. And this was the last time that he was going to get a chance to eat all the food that he really enjoyed before not making it back home. He passed away. And the fact that he told, he told my dad that he was too busy instead of stopping and going to get the fish for him was going to sit with him forever. When he was talking, you could hear him choking up. You could hear the sadness and the grief that he was suffering because of the loss of his friend. He loved my dad. I wouldn't have known that. I wouldn't have even known this story if I had treated him like a fruitless tree. I am glad that the gardener spoke to me that day and I listened. By listening and comforting him, I saw him as the gardener did, and I was able to assist in helping water and nourish that tree. Maybe this, this time, next year, his mind may be changed. Maybe his heart may be changed. Maybe he'll bear fruit. I don't know, but I have faith. So my question to you guys is where do you see yourself in the text? Are you the tree? Has society told you to deserve to be cut down? I encourage you to cultivate patience. Know that the gardener is speaking to them. 
Are you the owner? Let go of giving up. Have you thought about cutting down the fruitless tree in your vineyard? Stop. Breathe. Listen to the gardener. And I'm going to stop here before I get to the end of this and say that when I was writing this, this um, sermon, there was another thing that kept coming back to me. Before I still joined Forefront, I hadn't gone to church in about 20 years. The church thought I was a fruitless tree. That's what I was told. And every time I tried to enter a church again, I was told that I didn't deserve to be there, that I was fruitless and I needed to be cut down. I don't know if anybody else has felt that way, but I have. Except for this one and the people who are here. The gardener spoke to them, and they created a space where I could be and I could flourish and I could be the type of tree that I needed to be, bear fruit and all. <laughs> and, I am so, and I am so grateful that the gardener was able to speak to them and was also able to speak to me because I saw the church as a fruitless tree, and I didn't want to have any parts of it. I did resist, you can ask my wife, I did resist about trying to attend again. But the gardener was working on me too and said, give it another year. And now I'm here. And I don't, I mean, I may, they may, people may still think I'm fruitless, but you know, <laughs> I don't. And I'm still growing. And thank God for that. Let us continue to challenge ourselves to turn towards God. Let's continue to listen to the gardener. So as a, as a pray out, I'm going to do the prayer that was in our um, the devotional for this week. And it's a prayer by Sarah R. If the trees can do it, then so can I. At least that's what I tell myself. For if year after year the trees can let go of their brightest leaves and the warm autumn glow, then maybe in time, like trees with their leaves, I can release that which keeps me from you. Maybe in time I can let go of my need for certainty and my need to look good, my need for busyness and my need to numb pain, the trivial ways I measure my self-worth or the hurtful ways I measure yours. For if year after year the trees let go, then maybe in time I can too. Maybe in time my heart will know spring. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Forefront Sermon Podcast. To learn more about Forefront and how we're ushering in the next 500 years of Christianity, visit ForefrontChurch.com.